I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And we are recording long distance today. Yeah. I am in uh, Missouri. Gosh, I was like, where am I? (laughs) Yeah, where am I right now? And I am in my apartment with both of my dogs who now, as soon as we've pressed record, have decided to start um, attacking each other, which is great. So, of course. (laughs) Of course. They're like, "Are, are you doing something important? Let me attack um, your sister now. This would be yeah. Great. Okay, so let's jump right in. I let's actually feel like I have a, a lot to talk about today, which is not usually the case. Really? Um, I yes. Have, okay. I have something that I'm itching to talk to you about. Can we jump into I w- that? I wonder if it's the same thing. I bet it is. Is it Jesse Smollett? It's fucking Jesse Smollett. Yep. Okay. What the uh, fuck, Keegan? I'm so. Oh disappointed. no! I. I just got done talking to my mom in the car i'm furious like, i'm furious I'm too because furious it's one of those things too that like we showed such like sincerity toward him on the show everybody and posting, did everybody did and like we were feeling so enraged for him that he would do something like this because of something so trivial and when i read it this morning i didn't even believe it i was like oh maybe like it's just an alleged report but no he turned himself into the police Right. So um, to kind of fill everybody in. So we talked about this a few episodes ago, um, a couple of weeks ago, I feel like now. There was Jesse Smollett, who is an actor. He is also a gay rights activist, Mm -hmm. um, openly gay performer, came out and said that he was attacked by two men who put a noose around his neck and poured bleach on him. Um, 
and said like this is MAGA country or something yeah. like that. And pretty quickly, I wanted to believe him. Of course, and and I did believe him completely. I think because most why wouldn't you when did. you get when you say an allegation like that? It's kind of the same thing like when women come forward saying that they were sexually abused. You should give someone the benefit of the doubt. Right, because I think false reports are so so much more rare than yeah. um than legitimate reports that I think that that is typically the default. And then even when things were coming out pretty quickly where it's like he didn't want to give up his phone to the police and I was like, "Well, I can see why not like I don't think that that automatically makes him He'll suspicious or guilty or anything. And then even as I was watching throughout the week as other things were coming forward, like so then it came it uh, became clear that one of the men was someone who had worked as an extra on Empire. So oh. even then I was like people were like, oh, there's a connection. But I was still like, well, who knows? Like maybe they had some kind of beef on Empire. Yeah, exactly. And that's why this guy wanted to do this thing. And even when these two guys were caught, they're brothers, they were caught and they came out and said that he paid them to do this. I was still like, okay, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not true. I was still kind yeah. of thinking in my head, well, I still want to believe him because of course. the alternative to believing him is acknowledging that this man would be so disgusting as yeah. to use something that is so visceral in the black community as yeah. a noose as evoking lynching and bleach yeah that he would do that to this community is um that he absolutely disgusting that, it's evil it, it's really. disgusting yeah and he says he's serving these communities um yeah and then for him to do it for such a Dumb a dumb reason. reason. And it I was reading like some reports were saying because he was worried that his character was gonna be taken off the show. I was reading that it was simply raise. because of a salary raise. Either mm. way, like there are other more genuine ways of going about it, especially if you are supposedly an advocate. Like I feel like that should just be such an obvious thing. Like this is toying with people on such a grand scale and my boyfriend brought up a really interesting point this morning where he was saying like this is exactly what the right claims that the left does all the time like right, which isn't wolf, true which is not it's, true at all it's but a very now rare they occurrence have, but he has done such a disservice to all actual victims yeah. at this point. But now, um, yeah, he's actually done it. And this is something that, and Donald Trump did make a tweet. Like, this is something that they can point to and be like, look, they did do this. You know right, what I mean? And like, they probably do it all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah, totally and fucking everybody over. It's such, yeah, it's and such a selfish act he did. It so really is. selfish. It's so selfish. It's honestly, like, I'm furious and... I'm upset for everyone who stood behind him. I'm upset for his family. Oh my who, gosh, yeah. Who came out, all of them came out united with statements supporting their brother. Yeah. Uh, son, Because he must have kept it a secret from all of them too. Which I was telling my mom, again, it is something that hits you at your core. Yeah. Something like both bleach and lynching are things that- I mean, it affected um, us. Used. Right. Right. And they've been used in the black community uh, for a long time as like methods of, of fear. Yeah. And if one of my brothers came to me and told me that that happened to him, I would be so 
devastated and it would take such an emotional toll on me yeah that if i found out that he looked me in my face and lied to me mm-hmm. about something like that i would be heartbroken yeah furious i mean i don't i i I'm like, I still love you because you're my brother, but like, it's I'm devastating. so furious. Yeah. It's yeah. really devastating. And it's also stupid. He's ruined his own career. It's over. Yeah. It's like, completely it's over. over. And he had yeah. to have, I mean, did he not realize that he's totally risking that by doing something like that? Like, he wrote them a check. Yeah. He wrote them a check. Yeah. That's Which means that he had to be dumb. so arrogant to think that he wouldn't get caught. Like, yeah. unreal. unreal. Did we delete our post about him yet? We didn't, but I, I think we should. Um, I'm going to do it right now because you know what? Fuck that guy. Yeah, I regret ever having put support behind. 100%. Behind you. Um, yeah, and it's such he's done such a disservice to the black community and to the LGBTQ community. It's heartbreaking and yeah. really upsetting. Um, but yeah, I don't think he'll ever work again. He's no, definitely getting written off of the empire. There's no he's way he's untrustworthy. He's untrustworthy. There's mm-hmm. no, I mean, somebody who does something that extreme, there's no turning back from that. There isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, I'm yeah. just so frustrated with it. Yeah. I'm really devastated. Um, okay. So let's move on to our next story. So mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to talk about Carl Lagerfeld passed away. Um, yeah. on Tuesday and Carl Lagerfeld was Chanel's creative director. Mm-hmm. He, if you, if you saw pictures of him, you'd recognize him. He had a yeah. very, uh, distinct look, recognizable, distinct look. Yes. And, um, he passed away at the age of 85. He was kind of known as like the king of fashion. I have seen a lot of posts going around mourning his loss, especially in, I'm in some fashion groups and people yeah. are, really posting a lot about it even celebrities like Chanel Monet or Janelle Monet posted about it um I think it's important to recognize the fact that Karl Lagerfeld was a really shitty human being yeah actually. that's something that I had always heard as well which is why it was surprising to me the reaction because yes he is a legend, a legacy when it comes to Chanel. But at the same time, like there's, there's so many shady people in fashion and he, from, I don't know a whole lot about him, but from what I do know is definitely one of them. And it's just very odd that sometimes when people die, it's almost like we forget some of the really horrible things they've done while they were alive. Yeah. And I think even when he was alive, people were far quicker to call him like eccentric yeah. than they were to actually call him out for what he was. I think um, the woman from The Good Place, Jamila. Yeah. Is that her name? I think so. Uh, I love her. Yes. She actually called him out and said that he was a terrible person. He yeah. Was, she's like, I'm not trying to celebrate him. But so just to highlight some of the things that Karl Lagerfeld did and said when he was alive... Well, first of all, that famous cat that he takes around with him everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I found I'm looking. I'm googling it right now, and I just see the cat on the People Choupette. magazine website. Yes, so cute. But he stole that cat. What? <laughs> yes, he stole that cat. Um, there was a French model who asked him to like look after his cat while he was gone, and he and then when he came back, the cat? yeah, when he came back to get it, Karl Lagerfeld was like, "No, the cat stays." Bye. Oh. <laughs> Which I'm like, it's really messed up. Uh, but okay. So here's some things other than that, which is already pretty shady. I mean, that, uh, Carl Lagerfeld has done. 
2017, he stated that Syrian and Muslim migrants weren't welcome in Europe. Hmm. He he said, and I quote, one cannot, even if there are decades between them, kill millions of Jews just so you can bring millions of their worst enemies in their place. Talking about Muslims. And um, this was just days after there were neo-Nazis and white nationalists gathered in in Poland and uh, they were chanting pure Poland, white Poland and like refugees get out. Yeah. And that's at the t- that's the time whenever Karl Lagerfeld made that statement, which seems to align with the white nationalist views there. Yeah. He uh, in an interview. He said that it would be a shame to be saddled with a, quote, ugly daughter and that having children was for women, not for men. And he also stated that Coco Chanel was not a feminist because she wasn't ugly enough for that. So only ugly women are feminists. Did you know Mm. that? Sorry to break it to you, Keegan. You're hearing it first. It's a bummer. I'm having to grapple with my entire, like... (laughs) My my entire being now. That's crazy. Newsflash, we're ugly. <laughs> I, I had no idea. I had no idea. I thought I was gorgeous this whole time. I guess I was he, wrong. He also said that there was no need to discuss eating disorders in connection to mm. the modeling community because more women in Paris were fat than thin. So clearly it wasn't a big enough of an issue. That we should be focused on fat women because there aren't enough thin women to talk about how the fashion industry might be contributing to eating disorders. So there was that. He also um, he was also opposed to featuring any plus size models in media, saying, "quote No one wants to see curvy women. You've got fat mothers with their bags of chips sitting in front of the television and saying thin models are ugly." Fashion is about dreams and illusion. This sounds like the guy from Victoria's Secret where he kind of yeah, said the same thing. Yeah, it's kind of the same kind of the same mentality. Yeah. He said about Adele, he said Adele is a little too fat, but she has a beautiful face and a divine voice. But she's too yeah, fat, so that's something you. you should know. He also said Heidi Klum, one of the most beautiful most beautiful women in the world. Yeah. He said she is no runway model. She is simply too heavy and has what? too big a bust. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know. And then you can here's go fuck yourself. The, the piece de resistance. In a 2018 interview, Lagerfeld stated that he was, quote, fed up with the hashtag Me Too movement and that what shocked him the most was, quote, the starlets who have taken 20 years to remember what happened, not to mention the fact that there are no prosecu- prosecution witnesses as if the problem was memory and as if there are usually witnesses to sexual assaults. <laughs> Really? He continues He <laughs> continues with, if you don't want your pants pulled about, <gasps> don't become a model. Oh. Join a nunnery. There'll always be a place for you in the convent. They're recruiting no. even. So basically, if you don't want to get raped, don't be a model. Shit. If you don't want to be assaulted, don't be a model. Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, that's the thing that that one really bothers me where he says that if you don't want to get your what was the quote if you don't want your pants pulled down if you don't want your pants pulled about don't become a model i mean that just doesn't yeah. make any sense to me i mean a lot of like models that i've spoken with have talked a lot about like the sexual abuse in the industry and everything and like is so prevalent and if you are a name in that industry you should be doing everything that you can to help 
keep models safe and prevent that stuff from happening instead of saying like, oh, well, you chose this career. This is what you well, get. He, he clearly doesn't care about what happens to women, which no. is also really upsetting because this is someone who has built his career on the backs of women. Like exactly. He designs for women's fashion. Exactly. So for him to not care at all about the safety of these women, um, whether that would be because of eating They're disorders. They're just cash cows. You know what yeah. I mean? They're hangers. They're yeah. walking hangers. And yeah. like, they don't matter. They're objects and it doesn't matter about well, anything and, that And they're making him money. You know what I right. mean? Like that's all but he that's, cares that's about. The thing. They're, they're just making objects. you money. So you should have a little bit more respect for them, you know? Definitely. But he doesn't because he sees them as just means to an end of, yeah. you know, his financial success. Yeah. So I really want to stop this like hero worshiping of people after they die. Oh, 100%. As if they were good people all along, you know? Yeah. You can you can say that, yes, this man was very talented and made an impact on the fashion industry and still call him out for the horrible things that he did as a human being. Right. Talent and being a terrible person are clearly not mutually exclusive. Look at yeah. R. Kelly. You know, yeah, like exactly. you can be highly talented and still be a really bad person who does exactly. really bad things. Exactly. Um, what, is R. Kelly going to pass away and everyone's like missing him? I don't think so. I hope not. You know what I mean? I think that I mean, only the Carl, people who are defending him right now, you know? That's true. Like, <laughs> I mean, I just think Carl Lagerfeld, again, like you said, was just seen as this eccentric and kind of like got away with a lot of stuff because of his name and who he worked for and possibly even his age and his privilege as a, an older white man that right. people I mean, kind of excuse it. This was also the fault of the publications who interviewed him because very mm -hmm. often his comments, his like racist, sexist, misogynistic comments, um, Islamophobic comments would be taken as uh, quote unquote controversial or eccentric. Yeah. Rather than out and out just calling what calling it what it was, which yeah. was hatred racist. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I just kind of wanted to wanted to highlight that because no, I think that's really important. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the national emergency. Um, this is the state of emergency we are currently in. Yeah, I'm like this is not my like forte learning about all like the politics and stuff and everything. So yeah. I did my best to kind of like understand what's going on. Um, and I wanted to talk about how Nancy Pelosi is urging Congress to come together to create a bill to counter Trump's national emergency um, because he's already um, kind of facing a bunch of lawsuits and kind of going against the Constitution in a lot of ways. So this is what Nancy Pelosi says. She says, all members take an oath of office to support and defend the Constitution. The president's decision to go outside the bounds of the law to try to get what he failed to achieve in the constitutional legislative, pro legislative process violates the Constitution and must be terminated. We have a solemn responsibility to uphold the Constitution and defend our system of checks and balances against the president's assault. Um, so they have till 3 p.m. today, which is Thursday when we're recording this, to sign the resolution, which will be introduced Friday. So tomorrow, by the time this episode comes out, there will be more information. Um, so Trump declared the national emergency last Friday after he signed a spending bill that would keep the government open and provide $1.375 billion for a border wall, billions less than he had originally wanted. 
Texas Congressman Castro says, historically, presidents have declared national emergencies for urgent matters of national security. President Trump would unconstitutionally usurp congressional authority by declaring an emergency based upon unfounded hype rather than any substantive emergency. The Texas Democrats said last Thursday in a statement. Uh, Castro added that such a baseless declaration of President Trump would set a dangerous precedent regarding the constitutional balance of powers between the executive and the legislative branches. So the Democrats right now are really trying to kind of pass a bill as quickly as they can to kind of like cut off this national emergency. And it seems like he did this national emergency because he can keep the government going, but still kind of put people in enough state of panic to try to give him what he wants. Right. I mean, but even the wording surrounding it, I mean, he even said that um, it was a choice that he was making, which like by definition, that's not an emergency then. Like you're choosing to do it now and you're doing it as a... um, It's a tantrum. It really, this whole thing is really him just throwing a tantrum. Yeah. It's a power move because you feel like you can, because you feel like you have some kind of executive power uh, to be able to do it. But it also sets a really weird precedent for people moving forward on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. It sets a very strange precedent if a president can just declare a state of national emergency. Yeah. When it all willy nilly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, have you ever have you seen John Mulaney's stand up that he did um, recent? It's like one of his more recent ones on Netflix. Probably. Dude, I've it's seen so, those John have, Mulaney stand up. The horse in the hospital skit. Yes. I, I mean, saw that live, actually. You did? Oh, my God. I mean, that's totally yes. what's happening. It's like the horse has never been in the hospital before. You don't know what's going to happen. And like, we that's just, just don't know. We have no clue what's going on right now. Yeah, it's like, like it's, okay. not, it's not even um, it's like it's not when, anything that we've had any experience with at I all. Just, I just love it when it's like the horse is being too quiet today. Like we don't trust the horse. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. And then all yeah, of a sudden the horse is in tweets. the baby wing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> This just seems Um, so applicable right now. My God, it's like the horse has never been in a hospital before. He doesn't know what he's doing, so he's just fucking doing it. I'm curious to see how this will pan out. This will be interesting (sighs) to see how this will pan out. I mean, I feel Um, like this isn't going to look good for his popularity either. Like this is none of this is looking good for him, right? Well, except for some people will see this as an actual state of emergency. People who believe the things that he says are going to think that we are in an actual state of emergency and that this was necessary in some way. Um, I think he knew he couldn't shut the government down again because that would be so bad for his numbers. Yeah. Um, I think also he, his ego is damaged because he accepted less money this time yeah. Then he was even offered before the government was shut down in the first place. Exactly. And that's, uh, embarrassing. That's very embarrassing to him. Yeah. And I think it's also continually embarrassing that he is unable to um, keep his promise of this wall that he based his right. entire um, candidacy Campaign. on. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, I just feel like you have to learn when to step away from things like that. Um, there are right. so many better Honestly, ways that he could have handled this in a mature way. And well, we're so far very, past that. In the very beginning, I think Democrats offered him a crazy amount of money yeah. uh, to fund his wall, like a long, long time ago, the very first proposal. And it wasn't enough. Him, 
well, it wasn't that it wasn't enough. Like they offered him, I think whatever he was asking for, like they offered him billions really? and billions of dollars. Um, but on the, um, on the condition that he would also allow the dreamers who are people who were brought over here as children yeah. to stay. Yeah. They were like, we will give you money for your wall if you allow the dreamers to stay. Right. And he said no. So now <sighs> the Democrats are in control of the House and he has wasted yeah. all the time that he had in control of both the House and the Senate. So yeah. this is on him. Like this is his fault. Yeah. Um, he did this. So now he's having to to live with that. I'll be interested to see how it pans out. Yeah. I mean, I really don't know what what to expect from all this. Really, it's just like it's one of those things where it's like, well, stay tuned to see what happens. Like, yeah. What will happen next on this weird reality show that we now call our government? government. Um, Okay, so speaking of that kind of Bernie Sanders has announced his candidacy for 2020. He will be running in 2020. Max got a text last night. (laughs) Feelings. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Whether or not you are still going to support him. Like, is oh, that the text? yeah, it was like, I, hey, got, I got a text. Yeah, just letting you know he's running again. And Max was like, can I just text back? He's too old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing about it. I have feelings about this. I voted for Bernie in the primary Same. in 2016. However, there are issues here. I am worried that he is going to pull votes. Yep. The way that he did in the 2016 yep. election, because I still know a lot of people who are Bernie or Busters, yep. you know, and like will continue, even if he doesn't get the nomination, to write in his name and split totally the Democratic vo- Democratic vote, which yeah. I think is. Well, hopefully a, he would speak danger. out against that. Hopefully he would say if he didn't well, make it. He that- didn't. He did in the 2016 election. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he, he took his time. He took yeah. way too long, but he did that in the 2016 election. Um. So, and people still didn't listen. So I don't know. That's true. Um, He is also, I think probably just because he's so old, he, his focus is so much more on class than race, which I totally understand um, in some respects. But he made some comments during the 2016 election that kind of troubled me in that, like, he doesn't understand that. Yes, I think, I think that. People have more in common based on class. Yeah. I think like poor poor black people and poor white people have more in common than right. a poor white person and a rich white person, for instance. Like, yeah. So I get that, that those those class lines, we can come together on like mm-hmm. that class issue. But to act as though class and race don't intersect for some people uh, yeah. and compound and make things is more It's a bit ignorant. Is something that he needs to acknowledge yeah. moving forward. Um, but I'm interested to see how this pans out because yeah. when he was running before, I think there weren't a lot of people running on his same platform, which was like universal health care, yeah. universal basic income. And in the now 2020 we're full election, of yes, exactly. So it'll be interesting for me to see who gets the nomination. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is definitely panning out to, for me to be one of the most, most exciting 
um, potential elections because we have so many great people thrown in the mix and, you know, a few wild cards and a few people that we're not as excited about. But it's nice to see so many people coming forward with like a Bernie-esque mentality where um, and even improving upon that because we really loved Bernie in 2016 because of a lot of his beliefs and ideals. And so mm-hmm. to see some of these younger, more diverse people come forward and add to that is something that's really beautiful and wonderful. And I'm very excited yeah. to see how it's all going to pan out. And hopefully, you know, whoever wins the primary is able to pull through, you know? Yeah, the candidates look very diverse, which is really exciting. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of different ethnicities thus far. Yeah. Um, a lot of women running yep. or, you know, hoping to run. So that's exciting. I'm kind of excited. It's very early days to be it is, yeah. um, even really talking about it. But, but I, think I think it's still important too. And I think it's giving yeah. people a lot of hope because we have to see the light at the end of the tunnel right now. There's yeah. so much darkness that by talking about it, it's it's making all of us a little bit hopeful for the end. Dogs. Did you just hear that? I did. <laughs> Someone just ran into a wall. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like it's it's all about hope right now. And I feel like that's why it's important for us to talk about it, because it is bringing us uh, closer and closer to possibly an ending to this horrible administration. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not throwing my weight behind any one candidate yet. No, like, no, it's I, way I too it's early for that. too soon. Um, and so like, I've seen people already having like Kamala Harris 2020, I'm ready, you know, or I've seen people Bernie 2020 and I'm like, I'm gonna wait and let everyone be heard and see where everyone lands and then make a decision based on that. Agreed. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I know. Do you, do you have anything else? I really don't. Okay. I I just had one thing that we can touch on kind of quickly. Okay. Uh, it's not even really news, but it's something that I kind of wanted to chat with you about and get yeah. your opinion on because okay. we had a listener on Instagram suggest a topic to talk about, and that was Ariana Grande and whether yes, or not I was we thinking find about mentioning that her to be problematic or not. Yeah. So um, when we say that, we mean for me, I didn't watch whatever show that was she was on before. Oh, I did a little bit. I I didn't watch it. So I had no knowledge of her before she became a pop artist. Are they talking about the show? No, no. So, Oh, okay. Well, I had no knowledge of her before she became a pop artist. So I thought that she was Latina. Like, I thought she was Latina. Oh. Because I just assumed. Because she's so grande and she's brown. Yeah. Like, she's brown. No, no, no. She looks... I was just talking to Haley about this, actually, because we were looking at photos from before and now she was like she's lost a ton of weight she definitely she had was plastic surgery white. she was white as fuck and yeah she is another one who's definitely adapted um to different cultures and i do think it's very problematic to be honest and i think that she's flown under the radar because so many people were like you keegan where they weren't really aware of what she was before and either that or just didn't really care, you know, saw her make this change of image because I think there's a lot of people that um, don't really be- um, believe in cultural appropriation or see it as being any big well, deal. Well, I know a lot of people who still don't care because they feel like she, which is why I wanted to bring it up because I think it's kind of polarizing. Some people care a lot. Some people don't care at all. Yeah. And I think it's because they see it as like, well, this is a white girl who tans and like a lot of white girls tan. But Right. I feel but it's like not just about tan- that. 
is bordering on brown face. It is so dark. Yeah. Um, and I do think she leans into the idea that people think that she's Latina. Yes. And then I think she further compounds that by use of like a lot of AA, like EV language, which is that like African-American vernacular yeah. Yeah. Um, slang terms, even in her speech pattern and the way she sings. Yeah. I feel like. And well, and it's her again, style in general, to say, too. Like she definitely yeah, has a certain style that I feel like can border on. I mean, definitely be cultural appropriation in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not trying to say that, like, you can't sing a certain way if you're not black or Latina. I'm just saying I think she's leaning in really hard. Right. She's not these. She's not celebrate. She's not like doing it in a way that is showing a celebration for that. She's claiming it as her own and and really capitalizing on it. To the point where, yeah, I, I completely was surprised that she was Italian. Like. Yeah, I I thought that and people have said, well, she's part Sicilian and Sicilians are darker. No, she used to be white, but she was real white before. So I'm like, she is making a conscious decision to be that brown. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. I mean, listeners, let us know how you feel about it. Do you feel like it's an issue? Do you feel like it's a non-issue? Yeah. Um, Where do you land on it and why? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm personally not really a big fan. Um, I really liked Thank You Next. I really enjoyed that song. I enjoy um, her music. I think it's catchy. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, that's not really the type of music that I tend to listen to on my own. But like when I'm around other people who really like pop music, like I'll get into it and things like that, whatever. But I'm not like a super fan of hers or whatever. And so she's not really on my radar all the time. But um, yeah, I think there are a lot of things that she's done that are just annoying to me, especially because I kind of knew who she was. I mean, not new, but like remember seeing her as a child and just kind of being like, what have you done? Like everybody grows up. I get that. But it is really. Yeah, and I think I think she is growing into a person who I like more. She did yeah. a lot of things that really annoyed me, I think, kind of earlier on in her yeah, career. Yeah, same. Um, but she's growing up and like there are things. I think it would be good for her to. I, like. I feel like it would be good for her to. um to to talk about that and to um kind of speak on her transformation and on um, and on some of the things that people are calling her out for i think that that would be a really good move on her part to yeah, come forward yeah, and discuss it i think it's it. interesting cuz i know my knee jerk reaction was like ooh i don't like that like that makes yeah. me feel weird but i've talked to other people who are like you know this is just a, a white girl who tans like i've known lots of white girls who tan and like it's yeah. not not a problem for them yeah. so yeah, it is it is kind of a you know it's not a black and white situation no pun intended you know yeah. it's like i you know i don't know where she's coming from it would be nice to hear her speak on some of that but she has been under fire for cultural appropriation many times before so it would be nice to see her stand up for that i do think that she has done a lot of really great things for standing up for women and i really like that but i feel like a lot of times when celebrities do that it is very much um not in the intersectional feminist realm but more in the white feminist realm where i would really like for her to speak up more about the cultural appropriation in her industry and her own allegations or her own um, suspicions of that I think would be really good for her to do. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. So if you guys have any thoughts on that or any topics that you'd like us to discuss, uh, either for Women's History Month that is coming up fast or if you have any coming out stories that we can share, because I think we will do another coming out episode, Mm -hmm. uh, please send those to us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also get us on Instagram and DM us uh, at 
uh, at neighborhood feminist. Oh, I also wanted to say thank you. Our Instagram um, is an at neighborhood feminist. Sorry, at (laughs) neighborhood feminist. Um, I was distracted because I wanted to make sure that I thanked the person who did reach out to us on Instagram suggesting that we talk about Ariana Grande. So thank you for reaching out to us. And yeah, that is at angry neighborhood feminist. You can also get us uh, on Twitter at yamp podcast, Y-A-N-F podcast. And um, you can find us on Facebook. We have a business page as well as a Facebook group. You can review us on our Facebook business page as well as on Apple Podcasts. We always look forward Please to your do reviews. It. Yes. And um, is that yeah, it? Yeah, I think anything? so. Thanks, you guys, for always putting up with us when we have to do this long distance. It's definitely weird for us. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> but thank you. And dogs, please be quiet. Penny, I'm almost done. Penny, one more minute. With all of that being said, <laughs> and all the barks <laughs> in the background, we encourage you to, to rage, rage on. on. Bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.